1: Hawaii Mets fans, welcome back to Amazing Avenue Audio, the show. My name is Brian. With me, as always, is Chris. And Chris, uh, the last time that you and I spoke about the Mets, we had uh, some optimism about where they were going to be going over the next couple of weeks, and that optimism was dashed pretty quickly with a very uninspired series against the Padres that led to the Mets being bounced in the wildcard round from the 2022 playoffs. Now there's a lot of um sort of armchair quarterbacking, Monday morning quarterbacking, whatever you want to call it that's going to be done over the next, you know, 6 months through the end of our lives about sort of where this all went wrong, whether it was with the way the team was constructed, whether it was with lack of deadline acquisitions, whether it was roster construction, whether you know, whether play, playoff roster construction whether it was just the team hitting the skids at the worst time that it could have happened for them, like there's going to be a lot of discussion about that. But before we get to any of that, how confident were you, let's say, at the at the at, at the start of Sunday's game? If you had to, if you had to, you know, put a percentage on, I think I am this percent sure the Mets are going to win when Sunday started. Where would you have been? I'd say like fifty-five percent. Okay, I was probably yeah. maybe slightly above that, but not too much above that. See, I, I had felt like okay, you know, the Mets lost on Friday night because Scherzer did not have it. The Mets won on Saturday, not just because Degrom had slightly more of it but also because the offense came alive. And so I thought, all right, Joe Musgrove is a very good pitcher, but the offense came alive last night. Bassett has been solid. This is going to turn out okay. And obviously that didn't happen. What part of Sunday's victory, well, uh, Sunday's loss rather, God, I wish it was a victory, what part of Sunday's loss sort of stings the most for you?
0: So it was an interesting game for me and it, in a very particular sense, uh, one of my best friends was getting married while that game happened. And the moment that I knew the Mets would be playing a game that day was when we got the invitation to that wedding. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think they were in that phase, it was right around the time that they had like, just kicked the Braves ass in that series uh, at City Field in early August, and won four out of five, had a nice lead in the division again. And then that invitation came in, and I was like, damn it, I love you guys, but that means the Mets are going to play that night. And it happened. So <laughs> um, balancing those two things, it was interesting to – to like, like I knew they hadn't scored yet. I knew Bassett gave up a couple of runs. Uh, relatively early, but I didn't fully realize that they, they didn't have a hit through several innings until somebody texted me to say it, you know, because we were, we we're at a place and doing all the wedding things, and the game was on a screen uh, on ESPN. And, and yeah, you know, I like paying attention enough to know who's winning and when runs are scoring, but just not like, I don't know, fully locked in sure. so once i found out they had no hits through like four or five innings whatever it was i was like oh uh-oh <laughs> you know that, that that was probably the moment that i felt like they might lose um and, and you know when you when you lose a game in the way that they lost that one um i don't know there's no i, I saw people talking about this on twitter i forget which, which ones but there's there's no like, oh man, that moment lost them the game. Right. Like, right. They just lost. Like, no- nothing ever happened in their favor, you know? Um, if Bassett gave up one run, it would have been too much. So, Which is
1: crazy to say because the night before, the team scored, what was it, eight runs? Yeah. And then to just go totally cold.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, it's odd also because of the context of, of how I watched that game. I didn't have any super strong opinions about sort of challenging what was going on with Joe Musgrove's ears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you like, I know I, I heard after the fact that Gary Cohen had a pretty strong uh, take on Buck Walter's decision to, to ask the umpires to investigate that. And it was, you know, he was, was pretty negative about it and all that, but, Like, Did you, in the moment... I'll I'll admit that my way of seeing that was like, oh, maybe there's some sticky stuff. Okay. You know, like, just a step removed. But uh, what about you?
1: Okay, so, you know, I, I admit I have not watched many Joe Musgrove starts over the last couple of years, and so I have no idea what his ears normally look like. But my kids came down to watch some of the game, and my son Ben who's six went that guy's ears are weird and like <laughs> so he noticed something a, a kid who has no idea about sticky stuff noticed there was something going on with the ears of uh of, of Musgrove and so I think that from like from that perspective it did look strange um I think that if the game was one nothing and Buck had done that I don't think anybody would have had issue with it I think the issue came in is that they were being embarrassed and it looked like he was trying to do anything it was his Hail Mary at figuring out a way to get the team back in it and I understand why you do that and I don't think he was wrong I think his ear did look very strange and you know apparently it's red hot which is like an icy hot but not Icy thing that uh, Andrew McCutcheon tweeted this out that apparently that's something pitchers do to keep themselves focused. Like I guess it keeps them in a little bit of pain, which is just like a fucked up, weird way to go about life. Pitchers, please don't do that. Like that's there's no reason to do that. Um, but you know, it, it did it did look suspicious in the moment. I understand why somebody maybe wouldn't be a huge fan of Buck doing that. But I also get that desperate times call for desperate measures. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I... I don't know. I don't know. To me, there was just... You know, Bassett, this whole season, there have been a number of times where it has felt like he just has no out pitch whatsoever. That he, he, gets, he gets ahead and counts, and then he can't put guys away. And... That's the way it felt almost instantly into the start that he did he did not have an out pitch, in the slightest. And when you're watching that game, it's really hard to, it's really hard to see your team making a comeback when your starter has no just doesn't have it that night. Doesn't have the uh, the ability to put hitters away. And then Buck not going to Taiwan Walker as soon as Bassett got in trouble. Also, makes no sense to I me. Mean, that's actually the more egregious buck thing than than the, the going after the the ear is. I don't know why you add Taiwan Walker to your roster as an injury replacement and then not use him in the exact instance you would want to use him in. Like, wouldn't you want to have somebody come in? Who can give you some length so you're not just mixing and matching with your pitchers, almost all of whom you used in the first two games. Like it it just seems to make no sense to me to not to not go with that. And, you know, I, I, I think, you know, our, our friend Lucas Vlahos will often say that Buck is a bottom three strategic manager in baseball. And I, I don't I don't profess to know enough to make that call. But the way he handled Francisco Alvarez in the um, series against the Braves, the way he handled the bullpen in this series, I, I, I you know, I, I think I've lost a little bit of my faith in Buck as a manager, and that's a shame. Was I, I? I like that guy. I want to root for Buck Showalter, but you know, here we are.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I get that. I, I don't know. I, I feel like,
1: hmm,
0: whether or not that is accurate, I think he did the job to get the team to where it was, you know? Yeah. And, and I've also sort of just taken this approach to the playoffs that, um, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if it's the right one, but if, like, once the team gets there, you know, they win 101 games and they're there. Um, maybe at some point in the dead of winter, I want to look back and reflect and be like, oh, wow, what could they have done differently? But <laughs> it, <clears throat> in the moment, it's kind of like, hey, my team got to the playoffs, whatever, everything they decide, everything the players do. I'm just going to support it. And 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 I don't know, it'll it'll end up how it ends up. Right. Right. But being at the Friday night game when people were giving up on the entire team and acting like the Mets were awful, after they were down three nothing and then four, six and seven nothing, um, yeah, that game sucked. But that average reaction in the upper deck was just like ridiculous. And I I know like I was away and I didn't see the Brave series, and, I, and I'm like I'm sure that was super frustrating uh, to really be tuned into, but at the same time. Like, there's no part of me that looks back at the 2006 Mets like there was some failure. And right. I, I can't ever look back at the second most wins in Mets history and say, like, oh, the, that team was a failure. Obviously, uh, I wish they were still playing baseball tonight as we record, as everybody's playing their game ones in the division series. Um, but, yeah, just that overwhelming negativity about a team that had done Something that most of us, or, or or a lot of us anyway, had never seen—at least not while we had active memories. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I'm reminded of um, something that Billy Bean said in the book Moneyball. I think that maybe it's even in the first chapter where he says like, "My shit doesn't work in the playoffs," and I feel like there's just a certain. There's a certain expectation that if your team is good in the regular season, they're going to be good in the playoffs. And that's just not how it works. The playoffs yeah. are random, you know, and uh, things things happen that, you know, are exacerbated by the shortness of the series and by the circumstances, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, um, I mean, it sucks. I, I, you know, you and I were talking before we were going on the air how both of us And maybe this is an age thing. Maybe we've just lived through heartbreak uh, as Mets fans for a long time. But neither one of us is like – I mean, I I am going through a bad week right now. But only a small percentage of that bad week is actually because of the Mets being shitty, right? Um, But that being said, I I do think that there is – It's okay to have had higher expectations for this team and to be disappointed by those expectations. It is also okay to sort of a, sort of a, a allow for the randomness that is inherent in playoff baseball and it's also okay to be upset about all this. And none of those things are mutually exclusive. You can all of those things can be true at the same time.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I think like I don't know five, ten, fifteen years ago. I don't I don't remember exactly when it was, but I felt like within the, for lack of a better term, sabermetric community of baseball, there was sort of this like disregard for the playoffs. No, oh, you're not determining the best team and all that. And and it, like on some level, I get objectively that that might not be true, but there, there's a balance there somewhere in between. Uh, the playoffs aren't completely meaningless. The whole point of the leagues, especially, especially this one, <laughs> is to get to that point and have that competition play out in that way. Um, but there's a balance between, oh, they're meaningless and they don't determine anything. And then also, like, the other extreme would be that the regular season was meaningless.
1: Right. Um,
0: you know, we we collectively – Got to watch the Mets win 102 games and lose 63. Um, As far as baseball winning percentages go, that's a pretty damn good one. You know, it's just two of the last three were timed very, very poorly. Uh, Right, right. um, You know, but like also, you look at the team and it's not uh, as much as we've mocked, you know, the criticism of too many home runs and, being a one-dimensional offense and all that seven years past, it's not like these hitters were that. Like, you you had a pretty good balance of, like, good batting average, good on-base percentage, um, and and some power. You know, so it's not like, oh, wow, you know, they they hit uh, 200 home runs as a team during the year, and then they hit none in the playoffs, and oh that's why they are out, right? (laughs) Right. just sort of random sequencing and, and, and matchups and whatever was going on with Musgrove, you know, to get that bad of a start out of Scherzer and that good, a start out of Musgrove. And, and both pitchers were excellent in the regular season. So That's not taking away anything from either of them, but it's just kind of one of those, one of those things, you know, that could easily have gone exactly the opposite way. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it did, there wouldn't have been a game three for Musker
1: up to even pitch in. But right, uh, right, yeah. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 18 plus. Do you feel like the Mets just finally hit their losing streak, their skid at the wrong point in the season? I know that's not scientific at all. I know we can't like prove that, right? But it seems like a lot of teams went through rough spells, you know, for 10 or 12 or 15 games throughout the year and, you know, recover from that. And it seems like the Mets maybe just hit that skid at the wrong time. Do you do you feel similarly?
0: Um. Yeah. That I mean, it's another one of those things that that that's like um, we know objectively that the way a team plays late in the season doesn't have any correlation with what they do in the playoffs. Uh, also, um, at some point today, I think it was Howard Megdal who was. Um, tweeting along the lines of that subject and talking about the fact that the Mets didn't even really have a bad September. Like if you just isolated it, it was, um, you know, 93 or 94 win pace based on their record in September and the, and, you know, technically early October. Right. Um, you know, they hadn't gone in uh, on like a long losing streak. um, Obviously, they had dropped all three games to the Braves shortly before they got here. But yeah, I don't know. I I I don't know if it was that or if it was just you know, hey, here's two shitty games out of three. Right. Well, it
1: it, it just the reason I'm asking that beyond just those two games is it just seems like the last maybe ten days of the season. I know they were very good against the Nationals in the last three games of the season. But it's the Nationals, right? So, um, you know, it just felt like maybe the last week or so was just a dry spell for the team, which you know I think do happen that those things do happen in baseball. Obviously, um, I don't know if that's the answer or not, but I was curious what you thought about it.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, no, no, no. It's uh, that's a fair point. For me, knowing the results that we know from. Game one so far. Um, they help emphasize the point. I, I think that the playoffs sometimes just don't make sense. Like, right, yes. The Mets and Braves, obviously, that one game between them that the Braves had the edge during the regular season decided who got the bye. But the Mets went 9-10 and 10 against the Braves. 15-4 um, and four against the Phillies and today the Phillies beat the Braves
1: like right right yeah (laughs) like
0: there is no transitive property in baseball right yeah um yeah I don't like I just don't know what to do with that information (laughs) I am rooting for the Phillies for perhaps the only time in my life right now because the gap between how much I hate them and the Braves right now is very wide
1: yes agreed um were you rooting for the Yankees and the Phillies Yankees World Series?
0: No, that was like my I'm a Giants fan. But that was like my version of Jets fans with the first Patriots Giants. Okay. Right. Like like there was just no good outcome. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would say I'm rooting for the 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 um uh, the Meteor, right? Like yes. you're rooting for something to take out everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, as far as... I know you wrote about this today on the site, but like, as far as rooting interests go, the rest of the way... Um, I, I know like the Padres have some weird fans online, but we've had a good amount of exposure to San Diego from visiting it. Mm-hmm. And the Padres fans I've met in real life are, have all been pretty cool and totally fine. And um, Even this weekend when the Padres were eliminating the Mets at the wedding, there was one Padres fan and me... Uh, and and we were the two people who were most interested in that game, obviously. And like he's very chill, like not rub it in your face, not an asshole. Just that mutual, hey, you know what? Is, like one of us is not going to be happy at the end of this night, right? Right, but, right. So, so I, I wouldn't mind the Padres doing well. I don't have high hopes for them, um, you know, winning against the Dodgers, um but like, I think the Mariners would probably be my tough choice.
1: Yeah, same. I, to me, it's it's Mariners, then Guardians, then a steep decline to anyone else.
0: Yeah. like I'd legitimately be happy for Andres Jimenez and, uh, yes. and Ahmed Rosario, and also that franchise winning in their first year after ditching their old name would be kind of perfect. <laughs>
1: yeah, somebody got on me in the comments about, that, about saying that today. Oh, really? Saying, what's wrong with the name? Most native people were fine with it. it's like, dude, I hate that argument so much. Right. Because it's also, n- no one ever has stats to back that up. That is just somebody saying that because they believe that. And, right. uh yeah.
0: And if anything, uh, it, yeah. It, yeah, it's just. <laughs> Don't don't be that person.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Ex- exactly. Yeah, I, 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 I concur completely. Um but yeah. So, you know, we're gonna have an entire off season to deal with the questions of who the Mets should have gone after or who that should go after in the off season, who what free agents they should retain versus let walk, all of that. But I just want to ask you one question tonight and that's you, know, you and I, I think, have a reputation of, of being more optimistic than many Mets fans about a lot of things. But sure. how are you feeling about Jacob deGrom as a Met in 2023?
0: Um, I guess my approach will, it will be the same as my general approach. I am not going to react to anything until it actually happens. So the odds of that thing actually happening, I don't know, man, this team still has the owner who grew up a fan of the team and owns pieces of art that are worth as much as like half of Francisco Lindor's contract. Right. So I'm, I'm going to take that approach and apply it in that way and say, until he signs with another team, I'm not going to panic about it happening. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Like Andy Martino trolling about it all year, especially late, you know, and and like that approach when the Mets are having the season they're having, and it wasn't just him. I mean, Ken Rosenthal wrote an article about all the Mets' future problems while they were down 1-0 in a three-game series. Um, you know, we don't need that. Like the last thing Mets fans need is extra. <laughs> <laughs> Negativity thrown into the mix. So, yeah. Um, I will react to that potential thing happening if it happens. And if not, okay, great. You know, whatever. It is literally Steve Cohen's money.
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't care about that at all. You know, right. um, yeah, I, I just think that ultimately. Steve, even if you think the Mets as an organization have not been very good to Jacob DeGrom, which I'm not saying, but if you say that, I think you can say that under Steve Cohen, they've been much better to everyone, uh, right. but especially to DeGrom. You know, nothing nothing bad has happened between DeGrom and the front office, as far as I'm aware, since Cohen's come into ownership of the team. And I think that while people say, like, oh, he'd take less money to play everywhere— to play anywhere rather. um let's see if that's actually true or not. Let's yeah. see if the Braves are offering him you know a a nice contract, and then Coleman comes in and just eclipses that if he's really going to be feeling the same way
0: right. and also, I felt like this was a, a I, like I know people will never stop saying it, but I felt like the run support he got this year was totally fine, yes. Um I don't know how much he pays attention to that or, or, or buys into you know wrong uh, uh sorry, not wrong, although maybe that was a Freudian slip, but uh <laughs> long running storylines about things like that. Um so yeah. To me he's a met for life until he isn't. And you know, we'll 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 see where that goes. And i i don't want it to play out this way but if he were to sign somewhere else i don't know maybe they actually trade for otani right like (laughs)
1: like, right sure like crazy
0: shit is possible now let's just remember that um yes i i you know we're we're in the realm of like why not both (laughs) right yeah but yeah you know we Stephen Matz spurned the Mets, and they wound up with Max Scherzer. And I know a chunk of Mets fans probably hate him forever because of the start in this series, but uh, they don't get to where they were without him this year.
1: No, and, and you know, look, I'm not a doctor. Even if I were a doctor, I couldn't have been able to tell this from the vantage point I had. It sure as shit seemed like Scherzer was still hurt. Right. And it seems like he's tr- he was trying to pitch through that in the playoffs for your team, why would you ever be mad at that guy for that? If 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 there's anger to be placed about a, about a an injured player starting a game, that anger needs to go to management, not to the player himself.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I don't get that anger. I mean, look, they're Mets fans. I get it. Right. All of us handle these things differently, and, you know, it is what it is, Uh, uh, and maybe this, maybe this exposes the thing I'm most frustrated by in all of this, which is, so I had lunch on, on uh, Sunday with an aunt of mine who was a big Yankee fan, and before we even sat down to eat, she was like, your Mets are gonna blow it, huh, Mets doing the Mets thing, and I was like, I thought we were past all this bullshit. I thought we were (laughs) done with this bullshit, and we're right back there. And look, I have one of my good friends is a Blue Jays fan, and he texted me on Monday morning and was like, "Sucks to be us, huh?" And I was like, "Yeah." I said, "But I can guarantee you, Blue Jays fans are handling this better than Mets fans are handling this." And you know, it's just it's the combination of like the little brother syndrome and the LOL Mets thing, and also just Mets fans being so online and all of that. It's just, you know, it's just a combination of things that I'm almost more upset about what others think about the Mets right now than I am about the actual Mets right now. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. That, that, I think that is very fair.
1: Um, now, I know we've talked about our... Uh, our you know, preferences in the playoffs here. Is there any is there a scenario that isn't Braves Yankees that's as bad as that, or is that is that the ultimate bad scenario here?
0: Uh no yeah, that would be the ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> in that circumstance though, I'm rooting for the Yankees. Oh, Oh one hundred percent, yes. Um you know, it's... It, Aaron Judge alone is more likable than the entire existence of the Braves. So, yeah. But, yeah, I think the ideal circumstance, I, I, I have to say, I looked at the poll that you included mm-hmm. in that piece. and um, Granted, I think we have a good number of trolls who are Braves fans who, who stop by our yes. site. Yes, But the Astros are so hated that in that very scientific poll, they're even less popular than the Braves. <laughs> on a Mets fan site like that's just like damn I'm not saying they don't deserve it but it's just uh, it's really funny to see that specific thing
1: yes absolutely Um, yeah I mean and I also feel like the Guardians are probably going to get knocked out by the Yankees the Mariners are probably getting knocked out by the Astros which means the American League side is going to be as basically the two teams I wanted to I want at least in the NLCS are going to be in the. I mean, in the ALCS are going to be in the ALCS. On the National League side, I have a little bit more hope for it not being the Braves. And uh, it really, honestly, the Padres, the Dodgers, I'm fine with either of those teams. It, I I don't, I don't need to necessarily have one or the other, but I just don't want the Phillies the Braves to win the World Series. Specifically, the Braves. God, I want Braves fans to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh God, that's all I want.
0: Yeah. no, that's really my only priority. Like I, I, to me, um, I'm gonna run down the whole list real quick. I'd go Mariners, Padres, Guardians, Dodgers, Astros, Phillies, Yankees, Braves.
1: That sounds about right for me too. Yeah. yeah Ma- I I'd maybe invert a couple of those, but not nothing major.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Any other, any other Mets thoughts you want to get to right now before we get into? Again, we have a whole offseason to get into other stuff. Right. Is there, is there anything else you want to get into tonight?
0: Um, no, no. Let, let's save all the worrying and free agency and all that for later. Um, hell of a season and, uh, just a pretty you know went out with a whimper um what more can you say
1: yeah i will uh i will quote one of my favorite song lyrics of all time from the song don't let's start by they might be giants no one in the world ever gets what they want and that is beautiful everybody dies frustrated and sad and that is beautiful and that's how I feel right now as a Mets fan. <laughs> um, that is a children's band, by uh, the way. No, 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 no. no. That is what? an adult band that occasionally does children's music.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, fair enough.
1: <laughs> I will not I will not sit here <laughs> and have Linnell and Flansburg slander on my podcast, sir. I know it's our podcast, but I'm going to say it's <laughs> mine just for the, for the point of this <laughs> argument right now. I still have never seen them live somehow. Yeah, Wait. I feel like you've lived in New York long enough. You you thought you you think you'd walk by a they might be Giants show at some right. point, you know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I've seen them a number of times. Most they they also they they're one of those bands that like for a long time they were doing free shows in Central Park, Prospect Park. You you could walk around New York literally and just run into a free show of theirs. So um, it is a little bit surprising that you haven't encountered them one way or another. but uh let's talk about some music you have encountered what is your music pick for this week
0: all right so in the continuing or what will be a continuing theme of this off season uh, and often has been over the years of us doing this show and making music recommendations uh you're getting a desert days band that's (laughs) probably going to be true for a while so i'll just get that out of the way now um so this band we had seen at Desert Days once before, but maybe only caught like part of their set and it just didn't, I don't know, <clears throat> didn't click. and they'd been hyped up by some friends of ours who had either been to that festival or friends who, um, you know, just 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 local friends who had been fans of the band. Uh, so Viagra Boys, who are from Stockholm. I believe the lead dude is like American originally, but moved over there. Uh, But everybody else is Swedish. Um, Yeah, they like absolutely had an outstanding set at the festival this year. And a lot of the songs that they played were off their most recent record called Cave World. Um, Punk Rock Loser is super catchy. Uh, that that kind of caught my ear a little bit before we even got out there and nice. and saw that uh, saw that set. But there's several songs on the record that they played that night that are really really good. There's influences, um, I'd say Nine Inch Nails and Devo influences on like what they what they sound like on this record and what they sounded like at this show, um, and like in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. um and punk rock loser has like lyrics that are clearly a nod to the stooges and to do all that like those are three iconic bands and to say (laughs) like okay there's an influence from those three bands on here and it works and you don't sound like you're just you know doing something unoriginal and lame um that to me is a pretty pretty good compliment and just in case there's any doubt, if you go ahead and listen to this record, uh, anything that sounds like it's satire of like QAnon and all that is satire. It is not. <laughs> Just to be clear, looked at an interview to make sure before I gave this al- album recommendation. <laughs> like 99.5% sure this is mocking these people, but I have to make sure that this guy actually thinks that. And and yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, the album is Cave World. The band is by Agri Boys. Um I believe, I know they have a show coming up in New York City soon And I believe they have other tour dates uh, In the general vicinity So uh, if you've not seen them live Recommend checking it out And if you want to start with the record That's the one I would start with Because this is when the band clicked for me um, But one, one bonus song recommendation That is not from this record Is a song called Sports And if you're feeling a little down about the Mets right now why not listen to a song that mocks sports, uh, you know? So they listen to the record and then throw that track on there from a previous album. Um, it was it was a crowd pleaser at Desert Days. Uh, I
1: have I have been meaning to check that band out for some time, so I am uh, I'm excited to take your recommendation up this week and listen to it. Uh, so my uh, recommendation for this week is I would say maybe my most anticipated album of 2022 uh, this is a band that I saw last year I saw Titus Andronicus do a 10th anniversary show for their record The Monitor at White Eagle Hall in Jersey City and there was a band opening called Disc D D-I-S-Q and I had never heard of them before and I really enjoyed the set and uh, they, they had I think they maybe had vinyl there but I didn't want to carry it with me the rest of the night. So I didn't buy the record. I I ordered it from the band a couple days later and really enjoyed that record and I think it was uh actually either right after I saw them or right before I saw them they released a a single just a, a sort of a you know a standalone track where they covered uh Jeff Tweedy's I know what it's like which is uh, one of my favorite Jeff Tweedy solo songs. It actually looks like it was even before I saw them. It was This was during the pandemic they released this. And it's, uh, it's, it's during the early days of the pandemic, I should say. It came out in June of 2020. And that cover just really, uh, they, they don't do anything like crazy with it. They, they play it pretty straight, but I really enjoyed their cover of that. And they released, I think it's four singles from this record before it came out, the new record, which is called Desperately Imagining Someplace Quiet. It is an anagram of disc. Um, And I have loved each of the singles they've released And uh, the record does not disappoint in the slightest it is, It's a band with I think four songwriters Maybe even five songwriters in the band And a bunch of different vocalists And so listening to it in a way Almost feels like listening to a, uh, a compilation or a mixtape of somebody Because there are so many different voices there but each each one does something just a little bit different. It's not like it's four folks doing the same type of songwriting. You know, they're, they're just they're I, the, the bass player uh, who is a woman. Uh, her songs are maybe a little bit spacier than the others. Uh, one of the songwriters very much has like a, a sort of classic alt country feel. One of the guys has a very straight ahead sort of punk rock approach. But it doesn't sound disjointed. It all sounds like the same band just doing these different things, and so I I, I love this record. It, it's uh, you know we will we will do like favorite records of the year later on the show later in the year on the show. But this is this seems like primed to be in my top five, if not maybe my favorite record of the year so far. Um, and that is again it's called "Desperately Imagining Someplace Quiet" by Disc. It just came out last Friday. Definitely check it out if you haven't yet. Um, and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with us this season. This was, you know, like Chris was saying, even though this, this season didn't end the way we wanted it to, uh, it was still an amazing season of Mets baseball. There were some moments that I'll never forget from this season, and I had a blast being a part of this website as I always do. But when when the Mets are winning, Amazing Avenue is, a, is an especially fun place to hang out. So thank you all for joining us on this journey. Uh, I appreciate it. I know I speak for Chris as well when I say that. Um, we will keep doing this throughout the off season. I think we may go to an every other week format for a couple of our shows, uh, but, you know, you'll still find us around. There'll be stuff at AmazingAvenue.com. We'll keep posting on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you'll get at least one podcast every week from the Amazing Avenue crew, whether it's Unformidable, From Complex to Queens, a pod of their own, or our show. Uh, mason avenue audio the show and uh yeah we uh we appreciate everything you can chat with chris on twitter at chris mcshane i am on twitter at brian app and until next time let's go mets